Ladies and gentlemen, you are listening to the final score with Matthew and Stevie Fly. What's up, guys? The final score is back again. And, guys, we've been cranking the interviews back out, and I've I've, I've been hit or miss with, with some good ones, and I've had some good ones here lately. Today, we are honored to be joined by one of the legendary quarterbacks in college football and Notre Dame football history, Mr. Rick Meyer. How are you doing, Mr. Meyer? Oh, I'm doing great. How are you doing? All right, I'm good. Thank you for coming on the show. We really appreciate you being here. It, like I said before, it's an honor to have you on the show. Uh, like I said, one of those legendary college quarterbacks. I mean, you were you you had the helm for that Notre Dame offense. That was the uh, it was a high powered offense with a lot of weapons up there. But uh, you were the guy in charge. Yeah, I got to do it for three years. It was fun. I had a, a lot of weapons to work with, and we had a lot of success. It was it was a good experience. Yeah, we're we're gonna we're gonna get more into those weapons in that time at Notre Dame in just in just a few minutes. But uh, growing up in Goshen, Indiana, who was Rick Meyer? I know you were a football fan. You had to be a football fan. Who was Rick Meyer pulling for when he was growing up? I was a Detroit Lions and Detroit Tiger fan. Okay. Um, I kind of liked the Bears because that was you know mid '80s when I was impressionable. Those were fun teams to watch, but. Um, yeah, I mean, kind of a secret Cub fan, too, because Wrigley was always fun to go to. But, yeah, yeah we, we we were in a little town in northern Indiana and then kind of pulled for the, the teams that were closest to us. As, as When you got to say, it, I'm sure at early early time when you started playing, you were in the quarterback position. What quarterbacks did you look up to and, and kind of uh, say, well, that's the quarterback I want to be like when I grow up? You know, I didn't play till high school. I, I was kind of a running back mostly as a younger oh, kid. Really? Yeah, I mean, seventh, eighth grade. Um, but I always looked up to Joe Montana uh, yeah. when I got a little bit further along. Um, Dan Marino and John Elway were a big deal when, when we got into the league yeah. in those years prior. But th- those were the three guys probably that, that I appreciated the most. And I had a lot of respect for a ton of guys, but um, just like the way they played. Were there any other sports that you played besides football? I played a lot of baseball um, and a lot of basketball growing up. I didn't play high school basketball. It was just sadly, I mean, three sports doesn't hardly exist anymore, but uh, two was enough. You know, we had a little weather restriction as well. So, um, you know, I, I, I didn't really get into the recruiting stuff until into high school. So it wasn't like I was traveling like kids do now. Yeah. And had those kind of um, schedules, but um, I liked whatever season it was, and I, you know, pickup games or real games, those were my three sports. That's 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 how it was back in the day. I don't know. I, I'm I'm 49. I'm getting ready to hit 50, and whatever season it was, you were outside doing that at the time. I mean, it, and you don't regardless of the weather. Yeah, exactly. It didn't matter. <laughs> Look, we we had we had a dirt basketball court that if it rained. We were like, you know, well, it didn't rain that hard. There's no puddles. Even if it was puddles like that, we were in it. I mean, you come off the court with, with your hands just caked in, in dirt. Where you, I was like, but well, I was going to play. But you don't yep. see that any day nowadays. Not as much, no. no. Uh, when did you know football was going to be what took you to the next level? 
probably my senior year in high school, junior, maybe end of the junior year. I did consider playing both in college. Um, if had it gone somewhere warm, I probably would have tried baseball too, but it didn't work out that way. I needed to be around for all the spring practice stuff. But um, our, our high school had more success with football. We were state champions, and we were pretty proud of that. Yeah. So, you know, with that come a lot of accolades and opportunities, and that's really where the recruiting stuff took off. But I had a great supporting cast, and a, my class itself was one of the best that's ever gone through there. So that made it possible to get some attention and go on from there. Yeah. So what, what other schools – I know you were highly recruited. What other schools – were? What, what were the schools in your top five? I'll put it that way. I know Notre Dame's there. What were the other four schools that you would say are in your top five? Michigan was two. But <laughs> oh, then wow. it was, you know, Stanford and Florida State were kind of the other two that were – in UCLA, I, I think, because Troy Aikman was at UCLA. Um, I took those trips, and um, it just so happened that uh, the 88 – team in South Bend was national champions and yeah. and I could roll right into that and have some success. So that was that the key factor and why you picked Notre Dame was that national championship team? I, I think looking back, I mean, I never said that then, but I mean, I, I wanted to win. Right. And yeah. I didn't need to stay close to home. It just so happened that it was the best. They had the most momentum of anybody and there were other good teams. Um, but yeah, I mean, having a chance to get on a team that hadn't lost in a while and, and maybe get a chance to play was, and a great education all, all in one stop. I mean, that was really what I was looking for and that's what I got. And, and with this TV deal that was unheard of at the time, you were pretty much on, on national television almost every week too. So. Yeah. And that, well, that was brand new. Um, yeah. Didn't hurt. You know, it was definitely yeah. nice to, you know, you knew you were going to get, get a chance to play in front of big crowds and just the stadium alone was enough, but um, the exposure with NBC was awesome and has paid off over the years. I mean, still independent, uh, still not doing the conference thing, but um, everybody's got it on their TV on Saturdays. Definitely. First impressions when you got on campus. You know, it's local for me, so it wasn't like new. Um, I didn't know my way around there as much as I did Goshen, but um I knew what I was getting into and I really enjoyed the guys, you know, school was hard. You got to go to class and you got to do all yes. that and yeah. walk into class in the rain and that stuff. But, you know, the dorms weren't fancy. Campus really wasn't fancy. It's a lot different now, but um, it, it, you know, the weather didn't matter to me. I mean, it'd be nice if it was 75 and sunny every day, but <laughs> I knew exactly what I was getting into and I had to talk some of these other guys off the edge a little bit. Yeah. Tell us a little bit about what it was like playing for Coach Coach Holtz. Oh, wow. It, I mean, the expectation was so high that, um, you know, we, you know, it was so, I could still hear him talk about never let losing into your mind and, and, and never flinching all the stuff the other guys would tell you. But, um, it, you know, he wasn't an old guy and he wasn't a big guy. We were scared of him, though. I mean, it, it was, it was, <laughs> it, it was just, there was a, there were a lot of rules and we had to follow the rules and, you know, some guys did, some guys didn't quite as much, but um, we were in it together. And uh, I, I just liked the, the team and the brotherhood of it and living in the dorms with everybody else. It, it seemed like the right college fit for me. And I think um, it doesn't happen quite like that everywhere anymore, but uh, there, no Greek stuff, no, no, you know, warm weather very often, but right. um, we were in it together. 
Yeah, and I like you said, following the rules. I was telling you before we came on. I was, I was watching the uh, ninety-two Penn State game, and uh, I, I kept looking in the backfield, and and Jerome Bettis wasn't starting. I was like, what in the world? And then they they let it go that uh, he missed a practice one one day that week, and he was not allowed to start that week. So yeah, it. I mean, for for Holtz not to start, Jerome Bettis. You know he was he was a stickler for the rules. Yeah, and he couldn't uh, couldn't let anybody slide. So we no. all we all follow the rules. Yeah. Um. So your first year, you sit behind a legendary another legendary quarterback in Notre Dame, Tony Rice. What was it like, kind of learning the the system from Tony Rice? It was great. It, it was so good. You know, as a freshman to have a senior who'd been through everything, uh, who everybody liked yeah. and wanted to play with. Uh, he had unbelievable energy, and um, he was great to me. So I knew him from the recruiting process and just kind of being local. But uh, to be teammates was great. He, he he couldn't have been nicer to me, very helpful. I was just trying to do what he was doing, which right. was hard. I mean, he's super athletic and, and uh, a unique talent, but he's just a winner, and I just wanted to do the same thing. Yeah, he overcame a lot, you know, gets the national championship there. That's – that's some big shoes to fill uh, following him up. Um, coming out in that stadium the first time, coming out, hitting to play like a champion sign and coming out of that, uh, the, down the stairs. What would it, what was that feeling like when you came out on that field? That's a, that's a legendary stadium with a lot of history there. What did it feel like for you coming out that first time? Well, I think I'd been there quite a bit um, as a kid and as a as a recruit. So I, I, you know, you feel that energy when you're not on the team, but when you are and you're wearing the uniform, there's a responsibility. Oh yeah. And uh, the fans were so supportive, and, and we had great rivalries. Um, every game was big, but some were bigger, you know. And yeah. and um, that that first one against Michigan, uh, most of those years was a nice way to kick it off. And yes. uh, there was no warm-up games, you know. We, we no, jumped Notre right Dame into never it. had really what you would call a warm-up game, to tell you the truth, no. No. And whether that was on purpose or not, I, I don't know. I mean, it was working around the other conferences and stuff. But, um, yeah, right out of the gate, it's like one versus two in some instances. <laughs> it was, yeah. you know, they all count, and they all pretty much count the same. So um, I guess you could get away with a loss early, but late, you couldn't, and uh, you know we didn't have overtime. We didn't have, yeah, you know, rankings and stuff like the 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 playoff system now. And we just wanted to run the table. That was the plan. Yeah, I like I said, I've been watching the '92 season and and that game against Michigan that ended in a tie. I mean, you look at that now, and it's like, oh, that's crazy that it ended in a tie. But back then, you know, there was no overtime in college football, and uh, but yeah, that was a classic game as well. You you had the privilege over the years of having some of the great running backs in the backfield with you. Uh, one of them I want to talk about, Rocket Ishmael. How, I mean, how fat was – I mean, you see it. I, I got to – I never got to see Rocket in person. I got to see his, his brother in person, which they called him the missile, I think. Yep. And the first play of the game against East Carolina, he took off around the end. And, man, when he took off, he was gone. And they said said Rocket was faster than him. How fast yeah. was this guy? I mean, was it just amazing to watch this guy? Yeah, I mean, he he, he was a hybrid. You know, he, he played receiver. He returned kicks. He 
he got in the backfield and he was going full speed every every time. I yeah. mean, you know, he's you handed off to him coming downhill and he's already, you know, he he was he was running four three in the backfield, it felt like. So um super fast, uh unique fast, uh not the biggest guy, but nice. tough as hell and and just played hard and was just so much good energy and everybody just loved being around Rocket. And I can remember watching I think it was the first Orange Bowl game against Colorado when they kicked that, they punted that ball to him and, and, you know, took it back. And then it was, I think it was a penalty call. I was like, why are you kicking him in the yeah. first place? Why yeah. did you kick that ball to him in the first place? But, you know, crazy. Uh, so sophomore year, you take over the starting job. And like you said, one of, one of the, usually one of the first games every year was the Michigan Talk a little bit about that Michigan rivalry, how intense that was. Well, it was, it was always a good game, um, you know, four hours apart or something. I mean, everybody kind of knew each other. Uh, a lot of respect, you know, went both ways. Uh, they had a gigantic stadium, and then, you know, our place was lopsided Notre Dame people when, when we were at home. But um, it, was, it was special to me because I almost went there, and I was yeah. close to a lot of those guys and that whole process. Um, playing against Bo Schembechler was cool. I mean, it, it was kind of surreal, but it, it was important and, and we needed to take care of business. And I, you know, I'm first start, it's, it wasn't my best game, but we, we got away with some murder at the end and get a couple good bounces. And, uh, you know, I wind up on a sports illustrated. It, it was just like, it happened that. so fast. I mean, all that happened in, day, you know, a couple of days you go from, you know, all this pressure and, expectations to actually a bit of a sigh of relief to get through that one but you turn around and you got to play michigan state in a week yeah, so I mean, they didn't let up I, i'm just looking here at your schedule let me see if it's up here for that year michigan michigan state purdue stanford air force miami i mean pitt navy tennessee Colorado, Penn State, USC. I mean, you guys didn't really have a week off. There was no week. Well, a week we're going out, you know, because and everybody was gunning for Notre Dame. I mean, you were you yeah. were getting everybody's best shot, no matter no matter if they were what you would call a lackluster team. Everybody was gonna uh, give Notre Dame their best shot. Yeah, I mean, that was the message every time. I mean, everybody's on national TV together, and um, we had to be ready for the the best they had every Saturday. And most of them were during the day, you know, it wasn't prime time. Yeah. Oh, it wasn't yeah. the drama of the couple here and there, but um, yeah, I mean, we, we understood what, what was, what was going on and, you know, we were kind of the team to beat. There were a couple others, but um, it, yeah, it didn't matter who it was. We knew we were going to get a hundred percent of their attention and we did every time. Yeah. Every, it seemed like everybody gave you their best game. Um I'm a I'm a Steelers fan, so I'm a little biased on this one. We talk about another back that you got to play with. What was it like playing with Jerome Bettis? Jerome was great. I mean, I had so many. Um, yes, he was the he was the young one. Uh, Reggie Brooks was my class. Jerome was the year behind us. But we had Ricky Waters and Tony Brooks that were older when yes. we first got going. And Rocket, of course, was in there. So. I mean, there are others. So I mean, it was Jerome wasn't the bus. You know, Jerome yeah. was Jerome then. Um, and he was faster than people thought, and he was bigger than people oh, yes. thought until they tried to tackle him. So um, it's not surprising to look and, and see what he's done over, you know, all the other years. 
because he was a unique talent and uh and uh just an awesome guy another guy that you got to play with who unfortunately is with us and rodney culver rodney uh, yeah yeah and I, I everybody i talked to i've interviewed uh reggie brooks before but uh, everybody i talked to talks about what a class guy he was always yeah we actually lived together one year um wonderful guy we stayed in touch you know it was so sad to hear the news a few years later um just unlucky you know and and felt horrible for his daughters and the family and stuff but um yeah we it was good to have the time with them that we did and um he was an amazing player on top of an amazing guy yeah. and everybody would tell you that um Talk a little bit about going to the bowl games. You know, Notre Dame at that time, it was – and and I'll, I always say this when I talk to a guy from your era. Uh, back in the 80s and 90s, or most of the 90s, there wasn't 60,000 bowl games. There wasn't a bowl game for teams that win five games. Uh, you, If you got to a bowl game, you pretty much deserved it. Some teams that, that deserved to get to a bowl game got left out. But Notre Dame was expected to go to a bowl game every year. But what was it like the first time you, you got to go to a, to the bowl game? Well, we did two Orange Bowls in a row the first yeah. two years. Um, honestly, it was good to go play in good weather. It, <laughs> we always traveled on Christmas Day, met met at the bowl site. It, it was a reward. You had to earn it. Um, you're playing somebody else that had a good season. Yeah, The games counted. You know, it was still – everything was still up for grabs. So – you know, it's so different now with, with uh, rankings and, and kind of knowing where you're at, um, you know, getting into the playoff. But, um, you know, you could be third and still win the whole thing if you did yeah. it right on the game day and somebody else lost. And But it was always January 1. It was one of the big ones. Um, had a sugar and a cotton, and they're all great. It, it's a fun week. Um, it's serious. I mean, there's practice and it's, it's focus Gosh. and everything, but. It was just a, it was a reward for having a positive season and being one of the teams that deserved playing those kind of games. Uh, let me ask you your opinion on this, and if you don't want to answer this, that is fine. <laughs> today's today in today's game, there's a lot of these guys, and I can understand the re. I know the reason why they don't do it, but if there's a lot of these guys that if they don't make the playoffs, especially they they will not play in the bowl game to protect their draft status. I understand that. But it. how do you feel about that? Do you feel like that's kind of like – I mean, I know yeah. they're looking out for themselves, but you got your team there too that you that depends on you as well. Yeah. What do you think of that? What's your opinion on that? I totally get it, but I really don't like it. Thank you. That's I mean, exactly how I feel. I don't know how you could do that. I, I mean, and I, 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 it's happening more and more and the, you know, yeah. the money's different and there's more examples now of guys who have gotten hurt. We just, we didn't think about getting hurt, you know, and, you know, we had insurance policies and there was, you know, obviously risk, but I, I just can't imagine playing all season or playing for three years or four years and, and then tapping out at the end. Yeah, um, I, I, I don't think guys have sat out on, national championship type days yet and it probably will happen but i, yeah, I get it, it probably will eventually you're right it probably will eventually but it, you know it, i remember when it first that first breakout of it started happening i'm like you know and let's just say for instance if a rick meyer decided at you know we're going into this bowl game my last year 
I'm not going to play in that bowl game. I mean, that that would be unthinkable back in the day. That wouldn't happen. No, it no, I happen. know it wouldn't happen. But that's just and we would have we would have been in good hands anyway. But I, I, I mean, you just those are your brothers, you know. I mean, how do you exactly? How do you, and you're that's there. The difference. That's the difference nowadays. Football. I will say this: I played all three sports in high school, but something about football. And no offense to if you if you're a basketball player, baseball player, whatever you play, but there's something about football that you know you can take. 10 other guys and maybe one or two of them you really don't like, but on game day, that was your brother. You, you need them. Look up yeah. Them. You, yeah. You needed them and they needed you and you stuck up for them. And after it was over, you know, maybe not, but you know, and I still, my wife kills me. She said, you kill me because you can't remember what I tell you to get from the grocery store that morning. <laughs> but you can remember every play that you played back in high school. And I was like, it's something about football that's different. I mean, I, I don't know if you agree with that or not, but. Oh, yeah. Yeah, yeah. There's a different sacrifice to it, you know, and it's you suffer together and you, you know, go through the ups and downs together. And, you know, the other sports are great. Yeah, but, oh, but definitely. But it, there aren't that many games. So to, to take one off or to not play with a little minor injury, I, I, I you just don't see it that much. It's just a different kind of commitment. Yeah. You talked a little bit about how legendary that stadium was, but tell me playing in South Bend for, for your career. How was it and how was that the, all the fans at South Bend? It was great. Um, we kind of at times wish they were a little nastier to the opponent because <laughs> we sure got it when we went to Miami yeah. or when oh, we yeah. went to Penn State or USC. But, um, no, just a, an awesome crowd, always full, always on it. They're paying attention. They know what's going on. And it was just good energy. It was a great, it's just a great Saturday setting. And it's even better now with the bigger building and the, the hoopla that goes around it, the jumbotron and, and, you know, kind of different, different, you know, even bigger kind of eyeballs on it. But it was always like, it felt historic because it oh, was, yeah, definitely. it was, you know, definitely. Did you ever, uh, did, did, did you ever get up there, especially with the Rudy, whole Rudy movie? Did you ever ask us, is this where Rudy was? Well, I knew Rudy. Rudy, Rudy was Rudy a was at the game, wasn't he? He was around. Yeah, actually, um, he was our landlord. My last year, I lived in oh, a wow. house <laughs> that Rudy owned, and so he was around quite a bit. But no, it's crazy to you know we're looking at pictures at his place from the '70s when he played, and it's not that different. The building, yeah. you know, and the locker room and the tunnel and all that. So it didn't change much for a long time. It, it, once it needed to, it did. And it's pretty fascinating now. It's an amazing facility, but it was kind of a no nonsense place and had a great crowd and played in all kinds of weather. And, and, and all those games were important to more than just us, but everybody else watching. Yeah. I, I want to talk a little bit about some of your receivers now, and we'll, we may come back to a running back. One of my favorite receivers that you had in your time there was Lake Dawson. Tough yeah. nails. He would go across the middle. He would take a hit. What was it like with Lake, Lake Dawson and one of your receivers? Oh, Lake was great. He he probably had the best hands. Or he and Derek Mays caught everything. Yeah. Um, and they weren't the fastest. Uh, Tony Smith probably caught more of my balls than anybody else. But yeah, we had tight ends. We had those guys. We didn't throw it much, but, but yeah. we did have weapons. But Lake was a beauty, and and um. Yeah, it was just a, you know, again, a, a amazing person, um, dependable and tough, and did all the stuff and didn't ever complain, and and we got it done together. Yeah, let's talk a little bit about the Sugar Bowl against Florida. 
because you guys go into that game. It's an up and down year for for Notre Dame, and you go into that game, and and nobody is expecting you guys to beat Florida. And the first half is kind of uh, still, you know, it's up and there. But what the heck kind of speech did did Coach Holtz <laughs> give at halftime? Because you guys came out like a house on fire, like a totally different team, and put it on Steve Spurrier and the Gators, and, and I mean, walked away with it. Yeah, that whole week leading up, it was we were kind of being insulted a little bit because yeah. they were third, I think, and we were like 18th. Um, but it probably was our best team, and we just didn't do it every week. A couple little blips throughout kind of set us back in the in the polls a little bit, but we had a lot of guys, and that game meant more to us than it did to them, I think, is all it was. And, and Coach, for whatever reason, really wanted to beat – Coach Spurrier, that 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 was a kind of probably a, of all the guys we played against. I mean, he probably wanted to win that one in that matchup the most, but and I don't know why. I, it doesn't matter, but um, yeah. I, I mean, once they started blitzing and selling out, and then Jerome breaks those long ones, it was yeah. it was off to the races, and it was you know we, we we were told we don't belong there, and then we're like the only way we can fix that is win. <laughs> Yeah, they they got it handed to them pretty good. That was, that's one of my, that's one of my that uh, while you, the games while you were there, that and the Penn State game is two of the two of the best games I, I like to watch over and over again. Yeah, and I'm a like I said, I'm from Eastern North Carolina. I'm an ECU football fan, and your offensive coordinator one time was Coach Holt's son Skip. Yeah. What was it like with, with Coach Holt? You know, of course, now he's gone on to winning championships. Uh, but what was it like? Because, you know, he was he had he turned around the ECU football program here while he was here. What was it like playing with Coach Skip Holt? Skip was great. He he wasn't much older than us. He, he'd played a handful of years ahead of us, went to Florida State, um, came back. Um, it was awesome for me because he was my – buffer between coach Holtz and, and maybe, uh, the huddle. So Skip was my, I, I, I could tell Skip anything and he was just a good listener and, and a positive guy. It didn't shock me at all that he's had success other places since, um, let me learn from one of the best. So oh, definitely. And he's yeah. his own guy and he has his own ways of doing things. And, uh, it was just really good. It, we were lucky to have him around. I think that made a big difference. Um, we were a talented team, but um, just mentally, it, it felt good to kind of unload on him a little bit with whatever kind of you need to get off your chest, right? And not start any wars or anything. And um, and he was just a good sounding board. Okay, so another one of your running backs again. Uh, you talked about him a little bit earlier. We've had the privilege to talk to him, Reggie Brooks. I mean, th this guy uh, came from playing the other side of the ball ends up being one of the best running backs in the country his senior year. And I'm going to tell you, watch it. I forgot that Michigan game, the first the, – the touchdown, first touchdown that you guys scored, he broke like three tackles. Then it looked like – and there were announcers saying it looked like he got knocked unconscious on the last hit before he went in the end zone. Yeah, he was asleep before he hit the ground. One of the greatest highlights ever. Um, yeah. But he was low to the ground and he could fly. Yeah. And uh, yeah, he did play corner. I remember playing Stanford and he's lined up across from Ed McCaffrey, you know, who's like six five and Reggie's <laughs> five eight or ten, maybe. Um, but he could he could keep up. 
but yeah, as a running back, I think he averaged almost 10 yards a carry that year. It was, yeah. it was unbelievable. And, and and just watching a little bit of the Penn State game before we came on, he was breaking tackles there. I mean, you couldn't break, didn't seem like you could bring him down with one guy. No. Having Brooks and Bettis in the same backfield that, that last year, my gosh, what that's insane. Um, talk a little bit about one of your guys up front that goes on and had, I mean, he was a beast, Aaron Taylor. Yeah, you you had to you had to uh, look out for the guys up front because they looked out for you. What was it like we, with Aaron Taylor? We had great ones, and he was a great leader and uh, a warrior, uh, great friend. You know, I, I live in San Diego, and Aaron's been here a long time too. Um, don't get to see him enough, but I know he's doing well and uh, played through a lot of knee stuff. And you know, we crossed paths later NFL years on opposite sidelines, but um, he was just a He's a beast and and got recognized for being so. Yes, sir. He, he had an amazing career and, um, yeah, just a fascinating guy and, and uh, one of my buddies. Yeah. Um, of course, we'll talk about the classic Penn State game. And and you said you it's been – and it has been a long time. You, they were talking about you were sick before the game. And, and it snow, I mean, just that that classic last play with Reggie Brooks. Take us through that. How, how did that – I mean, was that the call in the huddle to go to Reggie Brooks? <laughs> no. It was about the fourth option on that play. And uh, we've used up a lot of plays to get to get the touchdown. But having tied Michigan earlier, like you mentioned earlier, right? Um, we were not going to tie anybody again. So we were always going for two. We just, you know, what, what do we have left in the playbook? So – um, we spread them out and I ran around and Aaron would tell you he got beat, which flushed me out of the pocket. But then Reggie pops open and I float one out there to him and he lays out and catches it. And it was the most euphoric feeling I ever had playing football. I mean, to, that was our last play in that building, right. senior day, all that stuff. And, uh, a lot of the seniors had big roles in that game, but it was high drama, but, but fun. And yeah. we never really got too worried about it it was just keep on plugging along and we made it as dramatic as we could <laughs> and you know that's a memory you'll never forget right there and I, I tell I coach I've been coaching for 13 years like a, I'm like a small private school and one of the things I tell them for every game is make a memory yeah. and you know I've got I said I've got and, and they 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 get on me because I'll talk about some of the stuff that that some of the memories I've made and they're like you go on and on about all this stuff from so far back. I can't believe you remember all this <laughs> stuff. But, I mean, yeah, you make a memory. And that was definitely a, a great memory right there. And I, I will never forget because I was watching that live that day, and I was like, oh, gosh, oh, God. Then all of a sudden, like you said, he he comes open. Yes. Yeah. And, and oh, I like Penn State. That was the thing. I don't know. I was like, I, I, I did like Penn State, but I had, I had to pull for Notre Dame. So – Draft time comes along, and you are definitely one of the top quarterbacks, if not the top quarterback, coming into this draft class. What what were they telling you? Uh, you know, I know Seattle and New England. New England first, Seattle second. Was New England in touch with you? Were they talking to you as well? Yeah, I think Drew and I went through the same process with both teams. Uh, both of them revealed that – it was whichever one of us, I guess, you know, New England had the first pick. So Drew and I didn't know until it happened. 
Right. And, you know, the draft has become a spectacle. So I wasn't even there. He, he was there. This is 30 <laughs> years ago now, right? Yeah, so it's not a was, long time. Look, it was nothing, guys. If if you lived, didn't live in that era, uh, even before that, you know, they did it out of a little office building one time before that. And she, nobody was there. You just They just read it off. But it's nothing like the spectacle, like you said, it was. Uh, it is now. But, yeah. So talk a little bit about getting the call from Seattle. Well, I, I knew, you know, when Drew was one, I, I, the boom, the phone rings, and now it's, you know, figure out an airplane, you know, get get travel figured out and go do the press stuff and jump right into minicamp. So um, Drew and I are good friends. We've talked about it for all these years, and, and the story's the same. I mean, we didn't know we had to be ready for either way. It could have gone either way. Um you know, in in some ways, I mean, he's a West Coast guy, and Seattle would have made sense. And I, you know, I right. got all the Catholic, Irish Catholics in Boston. That that would have worked. But um, yeah, I, I was excited. I, I mean, we had a great time in Seattle. Um, it was just four seasons, but uh, it was just a, it was finally you know a different place for me. Right. And um, kind of got out of my comfort zone and and got into a different one. And um, they treated me great. You know, and and eventually, you know, coaches change and you get traded yeah. and stuff happens. But I, I I loved our time in Seattle. Yeah, you 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 end up going to the Bears, uh, and you know you're on a team that you they draft you and they just drafted not too too long before you, Dan McGuire, who didn't who didn't work out. But you end up uh, getting offensive rookie of the year with your old pal Jerome Bettis. You share that that year. Um, Traded to the Bears, though, and I know you said you were a little bit of a Bears fan back in the day. You they were impressionable on you. What was it like going to Chicago? I, I was, um, you know, the other team was Atlanta, so I didn't really want to play in the offense in Atlanta. So I kind of ha- I had a little say in it. Uh-huh. Um, Chicago felt like going back home a little bit. Um, a lot of history with that organization. Um, you know, the stadium thing was kind of a bunch of drama at that point. But Dave Wanstatt was the head coach, had a lot of success as a defensive coordinator with Dallas mostly. Um, I was very optimistic, but yeah. uh, the, we just weren't very good. <laughs> and, yeah. Yeah. and that didn't last long. But, um, you know, I, I I would have said, and I did say back then, you know, I hope to play a bunch of years there and just be in Chicago forever. But um, now I have a son living in Chicago, so that's what, that's what takes me back there. But. Yeah, it was, you know, it was a a new start, a new uniform. Everything was different, but um, it's still just the same game, and and you got to perform, or they'll find somebody else, and that's what happened. And I don't regret being a part of that, though. It was it was fun to experience it. Right. So you spent some time in Green Bay, I think, uh, very a little time in Green Bay. You were on, I think, Doug Peterson and Brett Favre were on the roster with you. Yeah. So what was it like with those two guys? They were great. Matt Hasselbeck was the third, the other guy. There was all four of us with Andy Reid. <clears throat> yeah, that was a good experience. Um, it was really my first year not playing. Right. Uh, I kind of got a breather, and Brett had been the MVP and a couple times, and uh, it was his team, obviously. But uh, it was my first, well, actually, West Coast offense we had in Chicago, but I was learning it. So I, I, I knew the system. Uh, I, I really liked uh, Mike Holmgren and the way he did things and his staff. Uh, it, it was an amazing place to play. 
they were good or we were good. And yeah. uh, that that's a that's a fun town when it's a football town now. I mean, that that was definitely a unique experience and, and one I'm proud of. OK, so let's talk a little bit about life after football. And I know you've got you've got your your wine going. What what else is what what do you got going after football for Rick Meyer? You know, I when when I stopped playing in 04, it was just good to relax a little bit and kind of take a deep breath. We've lived in San Diego a long time. Um, our boys were young. Uh, I just got to be a full-time dad for a long time. And and the wine part came a little later. I needed to do something with my brain and and uh, pick, you know, pick something challenging to do and and that's what the wine stuff in Napa's been, but it's also been very fulfilling and uh, keeps me busy and you know, I've been able to see my boys play a bunch of games over. They're getting toward the end. I only have one playing still. Um, a couple of them are out of college now. But, um, yeah, I, I got I had some freedom. So I, it was right. fun to be able to pick and choose my battles. Yeah. Where Where is he playing at now? Our youngest is at Stanford. He's my quarterback. He's 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 just a sophomore. So he's OK. He's got a ways to go there, but he's close. You know, we're an hour away, uh, hour flight. Um the other two played lacrosse at Notre Dame and Michigan. So wow. I had a Notre lot of Dame and Michigan. So you, oh, yeah. Wow. <laughs> so what, what, what was it like going, walking into a, into a Michigan lacrosse game, pulling for, for Michigan? Uh, yeah, I was the, the head coach took my picture wearing a Michigan hat the first, <laughs> first game. Cause he found it funny, but um, you, you know, I, my, my son had a great experience. He just finished up this past April and, um, it was awesome. It was fun to right. be around a different campus. You know, the things we do for our kids, it's, it's amazing, Max. but I couldn't be more proud of him and, and all of them. And, and they had to choose their own path. And, right. and that's, what's been fun to see. All right. So before I let you go, we do a thing on here called the two minute drill, and this is just quick hitting questions. And uh, you know, there's no wrong or right answer. So you're not getting judged on just, just imagine you're, you're at uh, Notre Dame Stadium, two minutes on the clock. Reggie Brooks is here. Jerome Bettis is here. So, all right, so here we go. Favorite meal? Steak. That's what most people say. Yeah. Favorite music artist or band? Either one. Rolling Stones. Okay. Coke or Pepsi? Pepsi, but not much either. Right. Favorite sport to watch? Golf. Okay. Pineapple on pizza? Yes. Okay. If you could have any wide receiver from the past lined up, split out for you with got to have a touchdown, who would it be? Somebody I played with? Yeah, don't. It could be anybody. Wow. I'll take Jerry Rice. I figured that was coming. Favorite movie? Oh God. Um Pulp Fiction. <laughs> Favorite TV show. The Office. <laughs> first con first concert you went to. Um I don't even remember. Um it would have been it might have been Guns N' Roses. Wow. Yes. All right. Favorite sports movie? Rudy. 
sporting event, if any sporting event you could go back in time and, and be present at, what would it be? Well, I want to go to the Kentucky Derby, but I'm not going to say because of any particular horse or any particular year, but that's one thing I haven't done that I'd like to see. Okay. Okay. Favorite football memory? Um, winning a high school state championship with the guys I grew up with. I got you. Toughest opponent you went up against, individual, like somebody could be – uh, a cornerback or, or a defensive lineman that you just just didn't like going up against. It was toughest one. Uh, Reggie White. Reggie White, definitely. He, he tried to hurt me, but he didn't mean to. He just he's a big man. <laughs> he was a big big man. So how often how often do you get the chance to go back to Notre Dame? I mean, have you been back to many games? Well, I had a son there for five years playing also, lacrosse. Yeah, I so guess you did. We went a lot in the spring and some of the bad weather. Um, I mean, over the years, I probably catch one home game in the fall. Right. That's going to be hard to do this year, but um, I'll always go back some. My parents are still there or close by. Uh, it's not the easiest place to get to, but um, my schedule is getting a little bit lighter with two of the boys done right. playing. And right. Well, I can't thank you enough for coming on, Mr. Meyer. I know we've been talking for a while back and forth. I really appreciate you taking time out of your busy schedule to do this. Uh, no problem. It's been an honor and a privilege. I'll put well, it thanks. for you. All right, guys, that is Mr. Rick Meyer on the final score.